how you do it. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> Our official intro. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. hello. <laughs> Tentative. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it is very weird. It's like not expecting anyone to be here. Oh. Which is not that far from the truth. Yeah, that's, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, most likely. It's just us listening to it over and over again for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. How's it going out there? This is, uh, we are back uh, to episode two of oh, Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Goose Chase, the show about geese. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to start with some goose-related facts, and I want to talk about them for the next 45 minutes. That sounds good to me. Will you discuss their droppings? <sighs> Lots. I have an entire dedicated 12 minutes on droppings. Did I ever tell you about the time I was chased by a goose? <laughs> Wait, maybe. I want to know about it, though. This is super relevant, obviously, to what the show is actually about. So. I have no recollection of it, really, <laughs> except a conversation with my mom in my early 20s when someone mentioned a goose, and my mom goes, Christy hates geese. Oh, and yeah. I go, I, I, I do? I remember this now. And then she explained that I, I had an incident as a child where I was chased by a goose. And yeah. I, I hold no no ill will. <sighs> Leading to a lifelong hatred of that pesky, Peace. disgusting bird. I mean, they are vicious. They're mean. They are mean birds. If you ever walk up and down the, the, the river that runs through Akron along all the different locks... Uh, Guaranteed encounter with a goose and is guaranteed to be an asshole to you. I mean, I remember many times at Mill Creek Park when there's just a dauntingly large group of geese yeah. eyeing you up because they want that bread. I, I particularly re- remember when I started working in Akron. It was like within the first couple of months of starting there. And I uh, got to work one day and I got out of my car. And as I shut the door, I saw the goose in front of me. And it was just standing <laughs> basically right on the other side of my door. I like to think it was holding a little, like, knife. Like one of the ones, like a switchblade. <laughs> yeah, just made that little noise and I went, oh, fuck. Oh, hey, fella. <laughs> yeah. You no, want to give me your money? <laughs> I jumped. I literally jumped off the, uh, the the floor and I started walking the other way. <laughs> I was just like, fuck. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's not what this show is about, though. That was geese, though. That was geese corner. <laughs> it's all about goose corner. all about gooses. <laughs> Goosems. 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 Goslins. Goslins. Yes. So this is a show where we enjoy sending each other on a deep dive down the rabbit hole of the internet, or whatever kind of hole geese go into, and uh, <laughs> search for information uh, about things that interest us and excite us and uh, curiosities, and just give each other sort of a a, a fun little trip down the, the the weirdness of the internet. The annals of the internet. The annals, one might say. <laughs> I might say. I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> Repeatedly. Uh-huh. Um, we might know a little about the topic. We might know nothing about the topic. Mm-hmm. But it's always going to be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's Drugsy Baby over there. Mm-hmm. I'm Drugsy Baby. And this, in front of me, is... Smarty Pants and Port. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can do better. That's, that's I can do better. Okay. This across from me is Stumpy Quiz and Port. <laughs> I like Stumpy. <laughs> not my favorite. No, nah, all, right. uh, all right. Yeah, we'll put that one. Prefer my first name not to be Stumpy. We'll put that one in the backlog. Okay. That one's not going to hang around for long. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'd like to open the show with uh, a couple of segments. The first one I'd like to to start here now is our our weekly news quiz. This is. 
two truths and a lie, except it's one truth and two lies of news. There's no real nice, easy way to explain this. We're going to say the same thing It's going to get time. more confusing every time until we can't explain it succinctly at all. Um, it's just us grunting at each other. <laughs> Basically. That's um, the whole podcast is going to become that. So the the goal for Gessie Sleuthenport here <laughs> is to determine which of the following three news stories is the truth and which two are lies. Uh, this okay, one... wait, wait, wait. Let, let me just clear this up. Uh-huh. Because I've had issues. Okay, yeah, right. The last time we did this, I'm not sure what happened. It got very I confusing. I thought there were two truths. Right. There is only um, one truth. You guys aren't going to hear that. Right. No, well, that, that one should make it to the last episode. That was part of the last episode, wasn't no. it? No. Oh, that's one. That's in it's our the last episode. episode. The one we lost. It fell out of our pocket one day on, on the way to work. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, man, that was in my pocket. Did I wash it? <laughs> we're sorry, guys, that but you'll never gone. hear it. That one's gone to history. Um. But yeah, I, I did something weird. I got the right answer, but I got the concept also wrong, so it didn't really count. Yeah, so you kind of um, won and kind of lost at the same time. So, two lies. Yeah, two lies. One two truth. False, two false I'm, stories. I'm guessing the one that is real. You have to guess which one of these actually happened. Okay, I think I'm ready. Okay, all right. News story number one. On August twelfth. Oh, by the way, this is the Baltimore edition. Oh, just because I felt I felt I felt like keeping it spicy. Let's talk about Baltimore and only Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes everyone's always saying do. you don't talk enough about Baltimore. Hey guys, <laughs> why don't you talk about Baltimore? Love the more? show that hasn't been released yet. Why don't you talk more about Baltimore? Oh, I was thinking just generally my coworkers. Oh, just like people just like, in your life. Hey, you. Employee of a place that I frequent. <laughs> How come you never talk to me about Baltimore? I do get that. I get a lot. I get Dave, you know, you seem like an okay guy. You seem like you get your head on straight. Like you got a nice body and a firm butt. But why don't you talk enough about Baltimore? And you know, I always say the same thing. You're right about most of that. <laughs> and we're going to remedy the rest of it right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Meaning you're gonna get some butt implants? <laughs> no, no. Oh no, no. We're fine with part. the butt thing. Oh no, no. We're just gonna talk about Baltimore. Just Baltimore. Okay, ding, got ding, it. fucking ding. Got it. <laughs> I'm right. on board now. Three questions. Three news stories about Baltimore. You get to guess which of these is real. All right. You mm-hmm. ready? Mm-hmm. Number one. On August twelfth, nineteen eighty-two, police shoot and kill a massive king crab at St. Paul and Saratoga streets which made its way inland from the Inner Harbor. The crab is measured at three feet in height and five feet across. Okay, three feet in height is like a small child. It's a big, it's a big crab. And five feet across. Yes. This is like crab people, crab. It's a very large crab. Um, okay, so shoot and kill a crab at an intersection that had crawled up from the harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, next. Story number two. July 20th, 2017. A Baltimore officer is placed under investigation for accidentally leaving on his body camera and filming himself planting drugs at the scene of a crime. In the video, he appears to believe he turned off the body camera, moves to the location, plants the drugs, goes back, then it appears that he thinks he's turning the camera back on and goes to discover the drugs. 
I am very torn. You, you, we're not even done yet. I know. <laughs> These are really good. We're not even. We're not even done yet. I know, but like the world is shit, and that could totally happen. Okay, evil, I want the last evil one. giant crabs or evil cops. Either one has existed in the world. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't know the crab was evil. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's probably fair to assume it's evil. He might have just come up for a pint. Dwelling among the land of humans like that, that's just downright menacing, and I don't trust him. I mean, him. He, wasn't, he wasn't dressed up as a human. <laughs> How do you know he didn't have a monocle on? That's Like a true. real bad guy. I wasn't there. <laughs> no. Or like one of those mustaches you could really, like, you really get some wax up. into and twirl up. They already got those crab whiskers, don't they? Crabs have whiskers? Beats the hell out of me. I don't think crabs have whiskers. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> uh, on New Year's Eve, 2005, holiday festivities are interrupted by a momentary power brownout. As power returns, Mayor Ed Mazzullo's hot mic captures him muttering obscenities, for which he is forced to apologize. Oh, these are so realistic. Oh, jeez. Um, I just want to discuss the fact that the term brownout always makes me laugh. It does sound more like, like it's more about diarrhea than then about anything power. else. Yeah. I think yeah. It's Always Sunny turned it into basically a not quite blackout where like you, you're drunk enough that you kind of remember, <laughs> yeah, but not that's really. Right. A, okay. a brownout. Okay. So recap. Giant okay. crab. Giant crab. by cops. Killed at the corner of St. Paul and Saratoga. All right. Um... Or Baltimore police officer films himself planting drugs at the scene of an investigation. That would be this year. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm yawning because I'm horrible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Get in the game! Oh. <laughs> or, number three, the uh, power outage during New Year's in which Mayor Ed Mazzullo is caught muttering obscenities and has to apologize. Any one of these could be true. All of these could be true, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't even blink. That's what this world has turned me into. That's what 2017 has it's, become for it's me. It's what it's all about. There's no difference in my mind between giant crabs, officers <laughs> planting drugs and filming it, mm-hmm. or who who was Ed he? Mazzullo, the mayor. The mayor Baltimore. muttering obscenities and then having to apologize. <laughs> Just let the man mutter <clears throat> obscenities, as long as that's not racist. Yeah, right. Or otherwise an is. may well have been racist. I, I didn't, been. I didn't look, I didn't look far enough into all of these to know the nitty-gritty details. But also, also, at least two of them are made up. Right, so right. You couldn't? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm fairly certain there was a monocle on that crab, but I, I can't prove it. Um, mm, mm. Mm. Oh, this is difficult, David. I, I'm, I'm, I didn't think it was, I didn't think I did that good a job on this one. Uh, I think you did. Um, mm-hmm. God, I really gotta puzzle through this. Yeah, it's a toughie. I'm. I'm gonna say the giant crab isn't real. Um, I'm going to hope that the police. Force is smart enough to know how to operate their cameras. I don't doubt police officers have planted drugs, but I'm going to hope that they know how to use their body cameras. And I'm going to know 
that the mayor doesn't know when his mic is hot and he was muttering obscenities and had to apologize. That's the true one. That's a yes? That's a yes. Nope. What was the real nope. one? Nope. Then Mazzullo does not exist. <laughs> uh, I don't know mayors. Uh, the I'm real... an ignorant American. The real one was the giant crab. Uh, no, uh, not really. I'm just kidding you. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> thank goodness. I wish it was, though. That would that, be great. After I wrote that, I'm like, oh, man, giant that's crab terrorizing really, the town? That's a really big crab. It's too big. I should have gone a little smaller with the crab. That's a really big if crab. If I said it was, like, two feet high, it would have been, like, three times more believable. Yeah. Ah, oh, well. No, yeah, the but real... The, yeah. The, the officer filming himself planting drugs... This is the real one. And it sounds too silly the to be thing real. Is, like, I know that's a thing that's happened. Like, I feel like I kind of heard that story, but mm. well, it, I was it's like. just it, happened, too. It, it might not have been there. Like, sure. that's <laughs> it's the thing. just happening everywhere. It happens all over the place. I mean, especially, you know, I like. I definitely have heard other stories of. Of cops being filmed on camera doing things they don't want to be filmed doing. Now you're absolutely That's what they're for. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right that like you would hope that cops know how to use their own body cam. Like that's yeah. the crazy part, if anything, is that this guy wasn't even aware enough of how to turn it off and on. I like the detail that <laughs> that you could tell he thought he was doing it, <laughs> yeah, right. but he was just failing. Yeah, right. Like the thing is, apparently, you can tell that it looks like he thinks he turned it off. There's like just a, a, satis- a satisfied smirk where he's like, oh, I'm going to get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could see his face, I'm sure he would just be you know, just shit-eating grin. Ugh. Proud of himself. That wily, <laughs> sneaky snake. That sucks, right? Ugh. That sucks. Ugh. Is there it, any more I should know about this story? Uh, No, other than the fact that he has been removed from the force and is under investigation, so he can't plant so drugs places anytime soon. This is recent, recent? Very recent. And the end of July. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty recent. Yeah. So... It is, it is August. It is August. It is, in fact, August 16th in well, the year of our Lord, 2017. Well... <laughs> I wasn't going to give the exact date. Why not? We don't know when we're going to release this. That's okay. They'll just know how lazy we are when they see how long it's been. <laughs> it's, it's, we're getting it off the Three ground. Three years in the future. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we're getting it off the ground. only two episodes. Yeah, that's okay. No. That's, that's okay. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. So, uh, yeah. You done stumped me. Unfortunately, we, I stumped you. We have both failed so far <laughs> at this game. Neither of us have won it. Mm-hmm. It's a good legacy. It's a good game. It's a good game. You know, I've, I've learned from this game and from our lives that we're pretty good at lying to each other. Mm-hmm. Which is something all couples should excel at. That's Yeah, it's super creepy, isn't it? Well, you never know when you're going to give a gift to someone that requires you to lie for six consecutive months. Do you, David? <laughs> I yes. don't want to talk about it in too much detail. My live streak was pretty hot, though. It was good. Yeah. It was a good kind of lie. It was fun. It was a great <laughs> gift. I, I got them back a little bit. Yeah, but if we talk about it, we ruin this we kind of thing for everyone else. We ruin for other people, so, so we don't want to do yeah. that. But Suffice to say, it was a mystery box. It was a mystery, and we encourage lying to your significant other. Definitely do it. All the time. I swear I just heard a cricket down here. It sounded like a cricket, but I don't think it was a cricket. <laughs> This is very weird. Okay, are we ready? Yes. For... What, I, what you got for me? I got a couple little segments. Okay. Um, 
I'm gonna do, I don't have a clever title for this, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some definitions. Oh boy. We're gonna talk about, uh, I had told you I was gonna use a specific website, and then the word I found was like, it feels a little too easy, so then I found another one, but I'm gonna do both. Okay, so the, to be clear, the concept of this is that you went through and found words that have some completely fallen out of usage. Either very, very obscure or basically now non-existent words. Yeah. Um, the, the first one I got from a website called Frontistry. Frontistry? P-H-R-I-N-T-I-S-T-E-R-Y. They focus on, like, language and words, and they have, like, a, a lost word section, and they have, like, requirements for what it needs to be in order to be a lost word. Yeah. And they have it alphabetized, so I had you pick a letter of the alphabet, and then I counted how many words there were for that letter and then pick a number between one and 11. Cause that's how many there were. Right. You chose three. Okay. So the word is famelicos. Famelicos. What do you think famelicos meant? Famelicos. Oh God. That's tricky. Like the thing is, I'm trying to think of any related words or any, any possibly similar words. There are some. Uh, how's this? It's spelled. Yeah, let me spell it for you. Yeah, it is. I have to unlock my phone. Mm-hmm. F a m e l i c o s e. Famelicos. Oh my god! I have no idea. I'm just gonna really? guess. I'm just gonna guess. Big family. You got a big family. That's a good guess. You got a big fat family. But no. Well, <laughs> you got. Kind of, right? Yeah, because coast is fat, like bellicose kind of thing, right? Well, it means often or very hungry. Mmm. Oh. Fam, like famine. Oh. Yeah, often or very hungry. Interesting. Um. So, so that's that's interesting. I'll use that site in the future. Um. But then I was looking for more obscure words just to see what I could find, and I found this word from. Um, a part of Oxford Dictionary's website. Uh-huh. They have, like, a little section on, like, their favorite bizarre words. Okay. And, like, when Oxford Dictionary is like, these are our favorite words, you have to listen. You have yeah. to be like, right. those are going to be some good words. These people love the shit out of words. They didn't let me down. I trust their opinion. I don't know how to say this, but it does have a little thing that we could listen to how to say it. Yeah, let's see what Should happens. Play Try it. it. Floxinos and helipilification. 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 I can't do that anymore. Floxinos and helipilification. Floxinos and helipilification. Floxinos and helipilification. Okay, would you like me to spell it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to guess what it means? Oh God! Flo- f- uh, flocks and oxen. Flocks and oxen hillification. Oh balls! This I, is a toughie. I'm thinking that it involves you being up in the air with your feet over your head. It does not. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're way more invested in this than I thought you were. I, I can't even begin to guess. This one's so it's, hard. In this 
There's no way. There's no way. There's like no way um, I would get this. Yeah. It means it's the action or habit of estimating something as worthless. Floxinox and halopelification. Yes. Um Ugh. Gross. <laughs> so I'm glad this word doesn't do, exist. They do or have it, it well. It's very rare. It's not really used because yeah. it's a billion letters long. Yeah. And right. there are other ways to say you're, you know, you have a habit of estimating something as worthless. You just say you have a habit of estimating something as worthless and it's still easier to pronounce than yeah. phloxenos and halopilification. You mean phloxenos and halopilification? Yeah, that. Forgot Morgan, Dorgan, Dorgan, Dorgan? The origin is that it's mid 18th century from several Latin roots. Flocci, Nakai, Nahili, and Pili. Um, words meaning at little value, and then the ending fication. <laughs> That's a. I, I, I gotta be honest. I think they wrote this word pretty lazy. Yeah. They did they, a lazy job writing they, this word. Yeah. They could have. Cut it down, guys. Cut that'd it be down. Like, that'd be like. Tighten if, it up. If I said junk, worthless, garbage. No value all the words for the same thing. Yeah. Just, that's your word. That's very lazy, whoever wrote this word. They compared it to anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> um, but yeah. that's Fluxenos and Hillification. <clears throat> wow. What a supremely weird and silly word. Yes. I'm going to use it all the time. <clears throat> we should bring it back. Fluxenos and Hillification? Yeah, it's close enough. Here. Floxinos and helipilification. Yeah, floxinos and helipilification. Floxinos and helipilification. Yes. Oh, that old thing. Oh, that old thing. That old chestnut. Say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like super smart, you know. <laughs> so my next little segment. Okay, what do we got? I am deciding to start a little segment that we'll do occasionally called Weird Things I've Googled. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, this is inspired by something I've Googled multiple times and still have no answer. Okay. So, partly selfish, because I'm hoping somewhere out there, someone will listen to this and be like, oh, like, I know what that is. Yeah, right. And they'll just solve this mystery for me. So, for a very long time, like many, many, many years, occasionally... I will hear like a sizzling, I don't even think I've ever told you this, a sizzling or bubbling sound in the area of my neck. Yes, you have. We've talked about this at length. Yeah. And I just saw you talking about it on Facebook the other day. This is becoming very well documented. It's it's spoopy. (laughs) But please explain more about it. So there'll be like a, a bubbling or sizzling sound in the back of my neck. And it's usually when I'm laying down and mm-hmm. usually when I'm really hungry. So it tends to happen like in the morning when I'm just waking up. Um, nothing ever happens. Yeah. Like it's just I feel hungry and then I hear this sound and I'm like, that's weird. I used to think it was just me like in my head. It yeah. was like a brain sound and no one else could hear <laughs> it. And I was just insane. So yeah. it kind of ignored it. And didn't really talk about it for a long time. Yeah. But then my ex-boyfriend heard it yeah. once and was like, what was that? And I was like, oh, wait, you heard that? <laughs> That's just my weird neck sizzle that happens sometimes. Like, yeah. So I started looking it up. And I know other people experience it. 
because the only things I can find about it are searches on forums that are like, hey, this weird thing happens. Does anybody know what it is? And there's never a good answer. Yeah. It's always more people being like, hey, just here six years later to find out if you found out. And yeah. <laughs> never any response. So Just like a thousand people going bump, bump, bump. Yeah, and like people being like, I, I tried going to the doctor and basically said it's no big deal and uh-huh. no one really cares and neurologists haven't been able to find anything out and then yeah. if you look too hard you're like i definitely have something real bad happening yeah but i'm obviously alive it's been happening for years it's nothing major um i want to float a theory on this okay just a theory obviously i i you know i'm not a doctor or anything but i got this gut feeling because the salivary glands in your mouth, under your tongue and all that, they're really close to the ear, right? Like, yeah. Like, I wonder if it's possible if what you're hearing is, like, like the dispensation of saliva from one place to another. Maybe. Because it, 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 like... it would make sense as to why it makes that little squirty noise. I, it... I hear this sound, too. You hear it, too? I hear it. I have it. I okay. have that. I know what this sound is. But I feel like it's... Although it is it when I'm hungry. Like it's at the top of the neck or something, somewhere in the spine. It I feel like, like it's, it's in my spine. And I f- almost feel it. But I feel like that's gotta be I feel like that's gotta be the illusion of where it's coming I, from. I I don't know. I mean that's a mystery. And I I don't know if it's a salivary glance because there have been times when I'm really salivating, like right before you throw up. Oh yeah. And I don't hear anything then. Right. I just have the panicked thoughts of, oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I had someone float the theory that she experienced this and found out that it was associated with high or low blood pressure. Okay. But I don't really have high or low blood pressure. Yeah. And never have. I don't really understand how that would work to begin with. I don't know. So, um... If you guys know... Consult the geniuses of the internet. Because I've done research. I've tried to find something more than vague posts on, like, every, like, forum ever. Right. And it's the same things over and over. It's, on the one hand, it's nice because it's like, oh, okay, like, a bunch of people experience the same thing. And on the other hand, it's like... Like, like, what's wrong with us? He knows what it is. So it's a... At least somewhat universal thing, but we don't know what our bodies are doing. Yeah, right. What are our bodies doing? It is super weird. It's it's like you can only hear it when it's real quiet. Yeah. That's uh, why it's, it's always, it's nine times out of ten I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. It actually happened to me at work today because yeah. I was really hungry before <laughs> lunch. And so I heard it and I went, oh, God, I hope my coworkers didn't just hear my weird neck sizzle. <laughs> I don't think it's it's very difficult to hear in anyone else. You have to be really close to them and it has like, to be like Like I silent. said, my, my ex heard it before, but we were like in bed and it was quiet. Yeah. And it was pretty loud. Right. And he was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, wait, it's not just me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's they can hear it too. 
Oh, uh, God, there's there's something there. Well, I desperately hope for your sake we finally find an answer out to what and, this is. And your sake, too. I'm not that worried about it. You're a sufferer in silence. I, <laughs> I'm just, now I'm just curious. I just want to know what it is. Yeah, I know. It um, is strange. I don't think it's life-threatening. I, I'm not really concerned about it. I just want to know what's actually happening. Neck sizzle. Neck sizzle. It's a, it's a shame that searching for that doesn't provide more <laughs> answers. I always I look for something like... Bubbling slash sizzling in net. It's like a. It, to me, it's like a squirting sound. It's like if you heard like yeah. water shooting through something. It's like a little. It almost sounds like oh, like what I imagine like carbonation bubbles to sound like. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> if anyone knows anything, or you just want to commiserate. Yeah. Do that. That'd be great. Yeah. We all want answers. That's a weird thing I've googled. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like weird things I've Googled. Yeah. That, that's, that'll come back for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like the little mini segments are just going to be, <clears throat> like, bullshit we feel like talking about at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so, going we're yeah. to get into it. Let's, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do ourselves a favor. We'll take a break, and we will come back with our main segment. Sec- main, 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 main segment. Main segment. Main segment. Main segment. Yeah. Sigmund Freud? He's, um, he's, uh, Freud's Don't cousin. even say brother, because it's a different last name. I'm on to you. <laughs> I wasn't going to say brother. <laughs> I said cousin. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, we will take a break, and we will be back with the main segment for this episode in just a minute. Bye. Bye. space to the track in order for us to come back oh no we are back we're back oh that's god that's horrible podcasting oh so bad at this are we back we're back and we're back and we're back at your obviously noob podcast seriously most amateur bullshit (laughs) all right and we're back with more goose chase uh i have something to talk to you about. Would you like to? Would you like to discuss the topic that you presented yes. to me? When Dave and I came up with this idea, we were throwing a couple topics at each other, and this is something I looked at several years ago and was fascinated by. Haven't thought of it in years, and decided I wanted him to look into this for me. It's called the Montauk Monster, and it's this. Some kind of being that washed up on the shores in New York. And there's all kinds of theories, some of them real wild, about what it is, where it came from, mm-hmm. how it came to be. And Dave's mission was to look into this for me and yes. tell me about it now. So I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. All right. Well, this all centers uh, around Plum Island. Yes, which is... Um, 
The other part, I said Montauk Monster slash Plum Island. Yes. Uh, I am super excited about this. I don't know which parts of this you've heard and which ones are completely out of, like, batshit left field. Well, we'll see. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay. So, a little background on Plum Island. Uh, It is located all the way nearly to the tippy-tippy end of, of Long Island. All the way to the east in New York, which Long Island basically is the end of New York, where it ends yeah. out there in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's off of the Long Island. Off of the that island that's that what longest do you call island. That? It's like a lengthy it's, mass of land. Yeah, it's like not short. It's yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's not short, and it's surrounded completely by water. Yes, that or, one. Yeah, whatever. I don't it's know called. what you'd call it, but that's the one. <laughs> Plum Island. Is located in the space in between this this nub of of New York Long Island little nubbins little nubbins in between there and Connecticut. Okay. Uh, it's basically uh, it's it's uh, uh, the entire thing. First of all, is visible from Google Maps, which I was curious about okay. right off the bat. I'm like, is this so mysterious that I won't be able to find anything on Google Maps? No. Uh, is it going to be a total <laughs> mystery? No. You can see the entire island, all the roads, little buildings marked with different things. Um, a little island basically shaped like a check mark, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> like, that's cute. It's kind of cute. Um, and it is home to the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. Mm. Right. Uh, the history of this, the history of Plum Island in general, the idea was that it was purchased by the government to construct Fort Terry during the Spanish-American War. Mm-hmm. Then they deactivated it, and then they reactivated it in 1954. So they de- deactivated it after the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they... Brought it back. Basically, two years later, there were outbreaks uh, in Mexico and Canada of foot and mouth disease. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to use this island for research into disease, you mm-hmm. know, to, to prevent livestock disease and things like that. Uh, in case you don't know, which I'm sure you do. But foot and mouth disease basically affects cattle, uh, you know, cloven cloven-footed animals, mm-hmm. which I read, which I, I like the expression cloven-footed Uh I wish I were cloven. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> uh, it's uh, viral. It can be fatal and uh, causes blisters and fever and basically can wipe out like whole herds. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it was really important to People the get it, too. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I suppose they, yeah, I suppose they do. We do get foot and mouth disease. It primarily yeah. affects cattle, but... It might not be exactly the same strain of the disease, but I think it is similar from the way you're describing it. But there is a foot and mouth disease that we get. Yeah. As humans, and it's yeah, it's unpleasant. It can be super disastrous to cattle. Basically, they're they're either either it'll kill them or it'll totally make them unable to walk, Mm -hmm. and and then that you know will eventually get them. So it was super important to the Department of Agriculture to study this. Uh, Today, it continues to operate. Mm -hmm. Uh, It uh, they study over forty diseases. They run thirty thousand diagnostic tests in multiple facilities on the island yearly. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of work still happens there, but it's basically pretty locked down. So, Dave, we're going to New York in a little bit. Are yes. we saying we can't go visit Plum Island? I am telling you, very unfortunately, you cannot go to Plum Island. I mean, I can't go to a place where they're doing all kinds of research on animals. Well, can you swim? Yeah. Oh, good luck then. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's not where anyone would really want to go. It's not touristy. It's no. not fun. It's There's... just research. Yes. And it turns out it's actually pretty well locked up for reasons I'll explain later, but they don't let people on. 
Um, they have freezers containing several infectious disease samples. Sort of like what you can imagine of the CDC, mm -hmm. where they have all this weird shit on lockdown, you know? So I'm seeing a movie. I'm seeing a buddy comedy. Sure. Find their way into Plum Island. Uh-huh. And they get every disease known to man. It's, uh, Because called... they stumble into this freezer and, like... It's called Harold and Kumar Escape from Plum Island, and it was made four <laughs> years ago. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I would watch... I'd Kumar watch dies. Movie. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Harold watches in horror. Uh, so, basically, all of this is just to give you the setup that there is this island off Long Island... People are well aware of it. It's pretty secretive. No one can go there. And it kind of just gives people the will. It fuels the fire. Yes. Of like, well, here's a place you can't go. Yes. Anytime someone is told no, mm -hmm. our little brains explode and go, but why? Exactly. I, what is going on there that I can't go? And in this case, the answer is... A whole lot of infectious diseases yeah. that we don't want you to get. The government's answer may as well be, nah, you don't want to go. Trust <laughs> you us. Really don't we wanna don't want to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really it. It's kind of like Area 51 or Roswell, right? These places where, like, most likely there's not, like, alien soup in a thing in a tank or whatever. It's just... But we don't know. But we don't know. So speculation goes wild, right? Mm -hmm. All of this is partially what leads to... The reaction to what happens next. So in Can two hmm? Oh, go ahead. Okay. In 2008, a creature washes ashore at the ditch, the ditch Plains Beach, which is near the business district of Montauk, New York. Montauk, New York is basically between 13 to 16 miles away from Plum Island. Depending mm -hmm. on where you measure from, it's approximately 15 miles away, we'll say. Okay. Right? Uh, the creature turns up on the beach. It's discovered by people on the beach. It's a four-legged animal. Mm -hmm. uh, the photos in the photos, it's an indeterminate size. It doesn't have anything next to it for scale. Uh, but residents basically said it was about the size of a cat. Was the approximate measure right? Mm -hmm. It is creepy as hell. <laughs> now I've seen the photo of this. It has been a long time. I encourage anyone to. Look up Montauk Monster and look at it. Uh, yes. From my recollection, there is maybe some flesh on it. There's no skin. Um, I remember I, in, in my research. Is there some skin looks, or is it like dried or something? In my research, it looks very much like skin. Okay. Uh, it okay. looks It's been, of, a, like I said, it's been like four years since I've looked at this. I'll give you the description. It, it has what looks kind of beak-like at the front of its nose. I was going to say, I remember it nose. looking beaky. Yeah, it's got teeth, but mm -hmm. it sort of has what looks kind of beaky. Uh, it's <laughs> got long, pointed fingers at the ends of what might be paws. It's kind of bottom-heavy and pear-shaped. Okay, so it's not cloven-footed. It's not cloven-footed. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a cloven on it. Um, it's, and it's pear-shaped like a matryoshka doll. Yeah, right, yeah. It's, it sort of has like a big bottom half. Thick. And, Pretty uh, thick. And it's uh, purpley. Like it looks almost bruised kind of. Like it, dehydrated? It's plump. It's not like dehydrated looking. Its skin so doesn't bloated. even... bloated? Yeah, it looks bloaty. Its skin looks kind of stretched. It Which it like did wash way. up. Right. I mean, it was in the water... We, who knows how long so could yeah. be bloated that you, makes sense you would expect it to be kind of like its skin shouldn't be wrinkly it should be packed with water and like bloated yeah um 
It's I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it's super. That's why I was weird. fascinated by it when I saw it. Um, experts start weighing in on what this thing is because people are like, "What the hell?" You know, You're freaking out. Yeah. Understandably, when a weird thing washes ashore, yes, you go, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this thing just doesn't look like anything. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, it looks creepy and alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so experts start weighing in. Um, the consensus, uh, specifically introduced by paleozoologist Darren Naish, or Naish, or Naish, <laughs> and Larry Penny. Uh, who well, that the, one's easy. <laughs> yeah, right. Super easy. Thanks, I like Larry. that one. Thanks, Larry, for having a pronounceable name. Uh, <laughs> he's the no East... offense to Naish. Right. Sorry, Naish. Noish. 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 Darren Noish. Uh... He, uh, these two guys basically agree that it's a raccoon. That's that their is, claim. That is what I had read. Uh, it appears to be a raccoon, but its upper jaw is missing, which leads to the creepy beak-looking. Beak-like structure. Yeah. Um, this opinion has corroborated all over the place in the intervening years. Lots and lots of people agree with this. It pops up in the popular media on these shows like Ancient Aliens and mm-hmm. shit like that. Because um, this is... Such a creepy looking thing that it gets massive attention. It's just people. Just look at the picture and you'll just, you'll, you might have nightmares. It's weird. It's because it's nothing you've ever seen before. Right. It just makes you go, I need to know everything. Right. And again, just to be extra clear, this is happening 15 miles away from a very secretive Mm -hmm. animal based research facility. It's understandable that people would have questions. Residents at the time joke, sort of, to themselves, maybe it came from the island. Mm-hmm. Which starts as a whisper and develops into a big sort of focus for mm-hmm. people who like to, you know, to get into kooky stuff <laughs> To get like on this. a platform. Um, <clears throat> basically, these experts, though, they say they, they use the body structure, the skull shape, the tooth structure, and the front paws all as supporting evidence. There is some dissent... Uh, someone like uh, from someone named William Wise, who is the director of the Stony Brook University's Living Marine Resources Institute, he um, he believes that the creature's a fake, uh, okay. as as opposed to this. Uh, he finds the legs to be too long to be a raccoon. Uh, he says the teeth say it can't be a turtle. <laughs> the wrong teeth say it couldn't be a rodent or a sheep. The wrong eye ridge and feet say it's not a dog. He doesn't think it's any of the things that other people floated. He thinks okay. it's fake. Okay. So, and here's another thing, though, is, like, deformities happen in animals. Right. Um, even not for nefarious reasons, not for secret research. Mm-hmm. Just, just like, people can be born with birth defects or yeah. something can happen genetically that leads to an, mm-hmm. a limb being misshapen or, or being thumbs. slightly longer. Or toe thumbs. You know, those creepy to- Megan thumb Fox toe toes. thumbs. Or um, thumb toes, which is something you don't hear as much about as toe thumbs. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> you have thumbs for on your feet. Yeah, every single toe is a little thumb. Every, all of them. All of them. <laughs> all ten of them. That's weird. Actually, you have eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Deformities happen all the time. And most people disagree with this guy about the limb proportions. He's an outlier. Almost everybody. And also, he works for a marine research facility, right? Like, yeah, are raccoons does. really his forte? They're not necessarily, you know. I mean, maybe they are. I, I don't mean, know. not to 
discredit him or question him too harshly, but you know, we always have to consider the source. It it's good to keep the dissenting opinions in your mind though. Right. But I think for it practical could be a fake. for practical purposes, we can assume it's probably a raccoon. It's probably just a normal animal uh, that something weird happened to, like it, it fell into the ocean mm-hmm. and got bloated and washed up. The, the the floated story, the popular story, the agreed upon story is a likely story. Yeah. So you really don't have to stretch your imagination to too many other places to have sort of a satisfying conclusion. I mean, idea, raccoons, right? the little trash pandas are everywhere. Yes. They're just, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. One of them getting themselves into a bind and falling into the ocean or something would yeah. not surprise me having being the kind of person who has watched many many minutes of raccoons washing things oh and yeah seeing how dumb they can be that's it, it doesn't surprise me um <laughs> we've we've talked about the bloggers before you and i and i've read or listened to her books and her dad was a taxidermist but would also often rescue animals and then realize like well he would like shoot a raccoon or something and then yeah. realize oh wait it had babies and then Aww. would would take the baby raccoons in and raise them Aww. something like that yeah right <laughs> yeah he'd feel bad and then raise the animals and so they had raccoons at various points and she told a story about like coming home and just seeing the raccoon exhaustedly washing a bar of soap in the sink <laughs> because it just wouldn't end it just yeah. It started out as a full bar of soap, and it was a little soap nugget, and it just looked like yeah. it wouldn't let anyone come near it to stop it, but yeah. it just like looked exhausted. The point being, they're not very smart. No, and they do <laughs> love to wash things. It's adorable. Uh, so I could see one dropping in the ocean, drowning, and washing up somewhere. Yeah. Um, it could happen. It's feasible. So, back to the mysteries of Plum Island. Uh, you know, we touched a little bit on it, but... Basically, yeah, and a restricted place like this lends itself to speculation, right? Um, of course, secrecy breeds stories. Mm. That's not new. But some of the things that come out of, you know, people suspecting, you know, certain activities on Plum Island are pretty spoopy. Really mm-hmm. spoopy, actually. Um, I'm ready to be spooped. <laughs> I'm still not wearing wearing any pants. I have a dress on. Right. So your pants can't be spooped off. That's not they possible. They can't be spooped point. plum off, but right. <laughs> I can still be spooped. Plum off. Plum Island off. Yeah. But, uh, yes, there's some poops, some poopy stories. There's some poopy <laughs> stories about Plum Island. I, are there? There might be poopy stories. Yeah, I don't right. know yet. Well, you know, foot and mouth disease. I'm sure they've all the animals pooped everywhere. Yeah. Uh, many who are you know, spooked out by Plum Island, kind of see it like the island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. Or sort of stories of, like, secret experiments by Nazis and Soviets. Like, they see it that that far gone into, like, you know, like, creep territory, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most particular, uh, you know, stories, one that I think actually might have some merit, uh, the island is blamed for the spread of Lyme disease. Okay. Don't know if you know this. Lyme disease gets its name from the place it was discovered, which is Lyme, Connecticut. Okay. Lyme, Connecticut, uh, which is where the disease was discovered in 1975, is eight miles away from Plum Island. Hmm. It is closer by half than the distance that the Montauk monster was spotted. Okay. 
it's literally just right across the, the gap. Yeah. yeah. Um, the blame has never really been confirmed. The federal government doesn't really talk about it. They don't discuss the possibility. Um, I mean, Lyme disease, it comes from ticks. Right. And the thing is, Lyme disease is also everywhere. Yeah. They find it all over the place. I mean, I kind of, I'm surprised that they only found it in 1975. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's super, it's super I feel prevalent. like it's something that probably existed for a long time and then they finally just realized, oh wait, here's this thing that's been happening. Right. This is the place where we discovered this is what it is and this is where it's coming from. Yeah. Because the symptoms of Lyme disease can be kind of vague. Yeah. And they can be attributed to a lot of other things. Yeah. And the thing is, it's found around the globe. This is a point I want to be really clear about. Is mm-hmm. not it's just not like United they States. could have engineered it because that's something people say that I kind of want to put a pin in and be like, no, people think that it was engineered there as like a biological weapon and it escaped. But for it to travel completely around the globe yeah. and for them to find it in places like Australia and you know just all it's, over, it's most likely just a coincidence right. that. Lyme, Connecticut happens to be so close to this facility. Right. The thing is, uh, what I what I think is that the outbreak in Lyme, Connecticut, it's not impossible that when that because it was an outbreak, it was like mm-hmm. a lot of cases in a short term. Mm-hmm. Um, I could totally see that having left Plum Island and affecting those people in a large number. Right. I could see it having escaped. I mean, if they were doing experiments where they were using ticks and infecting animals and then studying it, it might be hard to control a tick. Yeah. Someone could take it home on their lab coat and could escape. Right. They go home to Lyme, Connecticut and there you go. Bing, bang, boom. I, I feel like it's also, it could be. Right. It's not, not necessary. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. There's no way of knowing. It's really not worth, you know, saying it probably happened. But yeah. it seems possible. It, it's possible. There are people who it. are still suing the government over Lyme disease they contracted in Lyme, Connecticut. Oh, so it's it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. Some people, it's a thing somewhere. Uh-huh. One of, I think, the more interesting structures or stories about Plum Island is what is called Lab 257. Mm-hmm. Lab 257 is sort of like the epicenter of a lot of conspiracy stories around mm-hmm. Plum Island. Uh, it's an actual building. It's a verified actual building. It was used directly in research of anti-animal biological warfare. That's an actual thing. Anti-animal biological warfare. The idea being researching into whether it was possible to create a biological weapon that would specifically affect animals mm-hmm. and therefore affect like a country's food supply. So I was going to say, to like rid people of their food supply. Yes. So this is, this is the thing that actually happened. This work was commissioned in 1954, when they, like two years after they reopened Plum Island. Mm-hmm. But it was ceased by President Nixon in 1969. Okay. So, so good guy Nixon, <laughs> as we all think of him all the time. Stop trying to murder all them animals. <laughs> Nixon said, don't, don't like it. <laughs> and then it became law because that's how government works. You just um, got to enough. Yeah, right. That's the problem with politics today. 
There's not enough. No one, no one throws their <laughs> around as much anymore. <laughs> no one jiggles their jowls. <clears throat> it's, it's just not jowly enough for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the island continues to see uh, increases in security even today. Like it's not as if its mission has sort of dwindled in significance. It keeps getting more protected, more secured, and more secretive. Mm-hmm. And the official reason for this is really sensible, actually, which is it's a very valuable terrorist target. Like I said, they have disease samples on the island, including yeah. polio. Like, yeah. they have some really dangerous stuff, right? I get that. I get that. They they have all kinds of things there. Yes. And they don't want anyone to know exactly what they have mm-hmm. or exactly what it could be used for. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, in 1991... Their disease samples were nearly threatened by a hurricane which cut power to the island. Ooh. So they they could have died or, you know, maybe just, I don't know, escaped somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Probably just their samples were threatened, you know. So, yeah. So basically security of power, security of, you know, like uh, the, the borders of the island and all that is a high priority. Very specifically in 2008, an MIT graduate... By the name of Afia Sadiqi, who was working for Al-Qaeda, uh, she was captured in Afghanistan. And among the list of targets she had written out uh, was Plum Island. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if it's not thought of by yeah. people, you know. And this is something we hear about a lot and see a lot on, like, TV shows. Is like, biological warfare. Yeah. And it's not a sci-fi concept. It's not a new concept. It's yeah. not a fictional concept. It's something people think about a lot. It's something that has been tried, you know? Yeah. So it, it could be very effective. It makes sense that that is why they try to lock this place down. If you can get your hands on a jar of polio, and I don't know why in my head it's like a jar of mayonnaise. You can just like <laughs> dump just it Slab it on some toast. Yeah, right. If you can get your hands on a jar of polio... You do some real damage, right? Yeah. Uh, so, there's, um, there's... and uh, not to mention that right now there are not a negligible amount of people that don't vaccinate their children. Right. So, the worst time for that to happen in recent years is kind of now. Yeah. Right. Without a doubt, it's. The biological weapons are at an all-time high usefulness as more and more Let's people Let's not are encourage not. this. I'm like, I I'm hesitant to even talk about it more because it's like, please do it now. Well, like, you know how you know how heavily we are listened we to. We are listened to by a lot of terrorists. It's, we get messages all the time. Yeah. Death to America. I love your show. <laughs> we, uh, we love that woman having opinions and talking about stuff. We really, we're into that. It's super good to us <laughs> terrorists. <laughs> um, this right now is where the shit goes off the rails. Okay. So I'm about to take you down some fucking crazy sci-fi corridors. You're gonna take me here. down to Spoop Town? I'm taking you straight to Spoop Town on a bus with no stops. Oh man, express bus. You're getting the express line down to Spoop Town, and you're gonna get dumped there, and you're gonna have to find your way back. Oh no! I'm telling you. Does the express bus stop running? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it the, this it only runs one way into oh, no. Spoop Town. Oh no! What what time does the red line stop running? Two thirty, right around when my dentist oh, appointment. Oh God! 
I hate you so much. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I couldn't do it. I, cu- I couldn't skip it. I just can't. I know. Um, so, some of the really out there, batty, weird, nonsense stuff, but that is so fun to talk about, is what is known as the Montauk Project. Um, the Montauk Project, in my opinion, all this other stuff we already talked about, this recontextualizes a whole bunch of it. Okay. Like, if you think about all this other stuff <clears throat> that we've already talked about, that all makes a whole bunch of sense, mm-hmm. and has a plenty sensible official story, mm-hmm. if you tie it all into the Montauk Project, it gets way nutty. <laughs> right? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm really I'm excited I'm ready about this. for this. This... I don't know that I had heard of this. Yeah, this is about... I'm telling you, if you haven't heard this, hold on to your butt. Okay? I'm holding on to it. So, multiple people, actually holding on to your butt, uh, (laughs) claim to have recovered repressed memories, which is a big uh uh-uh, but it's fun. So, just roll with me a minute. Jeez. You Uh, know... Do you know... Do you know? Do you do you know? The, do you know? Do you know? That I once wrote a sermon type paper because it was a project I had to do. I had to write like a sermon type paper, mm-hmm. an argumentative paper discussing a topic. And I did mine on how repressed memory therapy is bullshit and we should stop that shit. Yeah, right. In like uh, junior year of high school. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing is, it's been known for a long time. This stuff's really silly. Yeah, most people. But don't this think is like something I'm like passionate about. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's continue. Well, it's just the start of it, but you're gonna you're gonna find this really interesting. So, uh, uh, people claim to have recovered repressed memories of involvement in something called the Montauk Project. Okay. Um, there's a man by the name of Al Bielek. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the early '90s. He sort of surfaces claiming to have memories of having been involved with another experiment that ties into the Montauk Project. So the Montauk Project is something that can be said to have been happening in the 80s, roughly. Okay. Now, when did the Montauk Monster wash ashore? The Montauk Monster was like in 2008, I think I said. It's like basically like late 2000s. Okay. 1980s, something called the Montauk Project is happening. But to understand what happened there, you have to go back even farther. We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta, we gotta go back, Marty. <laughs> Marty. Um, you go back to 1943, which is oh, a, that lovely time. What a beautiful time, 1943. Nothing bad was happening in the world then. Not at Not all. A, I can't think Not of one can't bad think thing. Of any horrible, <laughs> devastating thing that was happening. Something called the Philadelphia Experiment is alleged to have happened in 1943. This rings a bell. You may have heard of this. The claim was that with the help of Nikola Tesla... Nikola Tesla! Uh, with his fancy, smart brain noggin, mm-hmm. they, the, the, the U.S. Navy had constructed an experiment to, to cause the USS Eldridge, a large ship... To vanish into thin air. Mm-hmm. Now, this, the, where it goes, they don't clearly understand at the time in the 40s, but mm-hmm. apparently everyone on board is immediately taken 40 years into the future, <laughs> right? To 1983. 
That's the claim. This okay. is what Al Bielik claims. Y'all can't see my skeptical face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can hear okay. in my voice your face. Describe my face. <laughs> yes. yes, it's a consternation, arched eyebrow, head tilted 45 Are you degrees. sure? Oh, I'm not sure about that at all. Uh, Bielik says that he remembers being a part of this, but that he was actually born Edward Cameron. And that during the Philadelphia experiment, he and his brother, who were both on board... The Eldridge jumped off the ship in 1983. Right? They're in the 80s. Through a series of events, they are sent back in time with instructions from the U.S. Navy to destroy the equipment on board the USS Eldridge, which he alleges they succeeded at doing. There's meaning, some real. Meaning the, they destroyed the ship. Meaning, <laughs> basically, to destroy and prevent the experiment is the idea. Yeah. Which doesn't really totally make sense. No. But anyway, <laughs> this gets really interesting because afterward he claims he was de-aged, had his memory wiped, and he lived the rest of his life as Al Bielik. De-aged. Yeah, de-aged. Oh. Some kind of science we don't understand, obviously. Um, if, if people could be de-aged, every celebrity would look two years old. I mean, <laughs> this, this, could, this would be happening. So he convinced, he says he was... Sent, when he was sent back to the 60s, well, he was sent back to the 40s, made it to the 60s, he convinced his father to have another child so they could put his consciousness, <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting, from 1983 into the sibling born in 1963. Also, when has that ever worked, of convincing <laughs> your parents to have a child? I'm not I sure. wanted a younger sibling for years. <laughs> and... Um, my parents never seriously considered it. Right. Also, my dad had had a vasectomy, so it wasn't really feasible. But right. I asked a lot. I didn't want to be the baby. I wanted a baby brother sister, and nobody cared. <laughs> so, stay with me here. Okay. Because this gets trippy. It, it gets. <laughs> 1943 Duncan is sent to 1983. In okay, 19- wait, wait. Duncan is the sibling. No, Duncan is... Duncan is Al Bielik. Okay. 19... I thought he said his name was Cameron. Oh. Yeah, maybe he was. Oh, gosh. This is even more confusing than I oh, thought. Oh, there's a Duncan now? Right. Okay. So he's Edward Cameron. Duncan Cameron is the brother. Okay. Duncan Cameron, in 1983, <laughs> somehow, through some means, puts his consciousness into... The child his father has back in 1963. Okay. Okay. Causing basically another child to mature to reach, you know, like age 20-ish while he is also in the future in 1983. So there's a young version of him and an old version of him hanging out in 1983. (laughs) I know. I know. It's just, just making my head hurt. Now, this is where I should tell you. Because this is going to make things even more interesting. The original working title of Netflix's Stranger Things was Montauk. Oh, really? I just got chills. Yes. (laughs) This is about where I should tell you that that show was initially designed to be called Montauk. Montauk. About the Montauk Research Project. About the Montauk Project. Okay. So, the inspiration for Stranger Things. Now, you gave me a hint and you said there's a popular TV show tied to this. Mm -hmm. You asked if I knew what it was. 
I had no idea right. because when I learned of this, it was it like for at least four years ago. Long before the show. Long existed. before Stranger Things. Right. This legend, Al Bielek's story, and all these other stories about Montauk were part of the original inspiration for this show. Okay. And you can say, in some sense, that 1963 Duncan is 11. Okay. A young yeah. child who and has been... with some kind of consciousness. And now, the idea is that when this young version of Duncan comes of age, it's all happening in a research facility... At uh at at uh, oh gush oh gush <laughs> at Camp Hero in Montauk oh gush oh gush Camp Hero in Montauk is a a Air Force base mm-hmm. at like the easternmost end of Long Island right wait is that the real short one what <laughs> wait what is that the real short island. No, no, I'm referring to the very long one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you actually threw me there. I'm like, what? Did, no, what? What? Um, okay, so a little bit more on this now. This is where everything kind of comes to a head. The 1963 version of Duncan, implanted with the consciousness of older Duncan, was alleged to have psychic powers. It was the focus of countless experiments at Camp Hero. It's around this time another man, Preston Nichols, claims to have recovered memories of participating in the child experiments. For a second, <laughs> instead of the name Preston Nichols, I heard it as another man pressed in Nichols. And I was a, like, what are they a doing to this man covered with the in Nichols? that have stuck to his body, <laughs> cursing him to rally around like a change jar everywhere he goes. Oh, brain catch up. Preston Nichols, Preston Nichols claims to have been involved in experiments using something called the Montauk chair, which is a chair that amplifies psychic powers or gives you telepresence abilities where, like, you can hold someone's lock of hair and then you can see through their eyes. Okay. Right? All this involves young Duncan. Mm-hmm. This, this Apparently, there's something like 10 boys that were experimented on. They're known as the Montauk boys. And these are the kind of stories of what they did. Right? Mm-hmm. So, here, this gets really interesting. The boys and, and, you know, and their psychic powers were used to break open a portal to 1943 in 1983. Okay. This is what allows Cameron and old Duncan to go back in time to destroy the equipment aboard the USS Eldridge. They had to go back. They had to go... Gotta go back! <laughs> um, so... Basically, this is this is the crazy thing: is that Duncan and Cameron are sent forward in the future, and then more Back or less to the future. Yeah, in Duncan uses himself in a separate iteration to open a portal back to forty three, which is like super nutty and it's right. I can't even say I'm fully grasping it, but okay. Anyway, the the so the end of this story. Where the conclusion of the Montauk experiments, the Montauk project ends, is that the researchers had built in a kill switch to the experiment, mm-hmm. which is that one of the young, the Montauk boys, I believe Duncan, was implanted with this ability to respond to the 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 the, the, the phrase "the time is now," <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the time is nigh. In doing this. Uh, they trigger a series of events that let loose essentially a monster from Duncan's subconscious. 
right? <laughs> I know, can't, I know. I can't even. But basically why this is interesting is this, mm-hmm. this to me parallels the, the story of Stranger Things. Yes. Where we, the, basically a monster let loose from one dimension to another. And the thing takes off all over, you know, the, the the base and destroys a bunch of things. And then they kill it. And then they flood the whole research facility with concrete. And it's never seen again. I will say. Yes. The monster in Stranger Things is way scarier than the Montauk monster. Yes. I mean, is. the Montauk monster is pretty spoopy. Right. But I don't see it really eating people alive or like no it's it's the thing is especially if it's as small as people claimed yeah without context it could be actually pretty terrifying um without size scale context it could be terrifying yeah yeah but if it's like the size of a large cat yeah like not and not like a, a lion like a house cat right exactly um so i just want to tie this all together Okay. Because I did obviously a ton of research on like the weird you, stuff of this. Yes. The the strange science fictiony things. Which I I wanted to know all this. On the face of it, all this I called this section tying all this bullshit together. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. From a skeptical point of view, as mm-hmm. we are, it's super easy to see the Plum Island research facility as exactly what it claims to be. Mm-hmm. It's a place for research. At times, at most times, it's benevolent. At sometimes, it was used with war in mind. It maintains a necessary amount of secrecy in order to do its work. Mm-hmm. The, the the explanation of what the monster really was is totally feasible. All this stuff makes perfect sense. There's no need for a further explanation. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the the readily explicable becomes kind of hypnotic when you start to entertain some of the fantastical stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you... You know, the, the, the Montauk monster's explanation makes sense, but when you start to entertain these sort of less confirmed but plausible notions of some kind of engineering of things on the island, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no evidence of this, but it's, it's semi-plausible that they would have been, if they were, you know, considering how to weaponize biological agents for cattle, mm-hmm. what other things might they have been researching, you know? Yeah. What, what other possibilities are there? Um, it becomes kind of... Exciting to think that maybe they created a unique lab-grown creature. Not very likely. Pretty silly. But it becomes more plausible when you consider that. It's probably not from someone subconscious. Probably not. <laughs> but that's the thing. When the farther, the more you entertain. It's the the more you suspend disbelief and let yourself traipse into these murky waters. Yes, exactly. The the more it can overwhelm you and really spook you out. Which is really the fun of any good conspiracy theory. Yeah. Is if you give it an inch, it takes a mile. Mm-hmm. And when it really gets, when this stuff gets really out there, the yeah. notion of a creature that wasn't even created in a lab or wasn't even an earth creature, but maybe came from a different place or time. You give it a raccoon and it takes, <laughs> and it takes a, an alien. An alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, my thesis on this, you know, the stories about this place range from plausible to fantastical, but seriously, it's a fucking raccoon. It's it's a raccoon. Grow up. It's just, a, it's a raccoon. Grow up, America. It's and a raccoon. Cameron. <laughs> Duncan and Cameron. See... 
<coughs> the Hardy See, Boys of Space professional, time travel. I, are they still alive? Well, actually, there's only one of these guys now. It's Al Bielek. The brother has never been located or confirmed. Maybe he didn't even exist. May, maybe he didn't exist. And also probably. Um, <laughs> get some therapy that doesn't involve repressed memory recovery. Yeah. So there, there's the other interesting thing about him is that he claims to have been de-aged in like between the 40s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. But then something happened in the 80s that rapidly aged him. Which so he was re-aged, which would account for why he looks exactly as old as his birth certificate says, right? (laughs) I just like sprayed snot all over myself. It's a weird detail that doesn't make any sense. Why would you mention it? Yeah, like just don't mention the de-aging, re-aging. Don't mention the aging thing. Yeah, it's like a really silly little detail he decided to add just for like some bonus. It's the kind of thing that. When someone goes through repressed memory therapy, it's yeah. it usually done through some kind of like hypnosis, mm-hmm. and our brains are really moldable and really suggestible. Yeah, you can remember things you don't really remember. Uh-huh. Just like not even you don't even have to go through this therapy to have this happen. It happens by accident. It happens all the, the time. The act of remembering is the recreation of a memory. Yes, there is no memory that we have that is not altered every time we remember it. Right. It's not the original thought. It's not the original memory. We're always adding to it, changing, remolding. Mm -hmm. So it's just real easy to come up with stories that we're not actually remembering. And it's really difficult to tell the difference. Yeah. Because if we think it's a memory, it feels just like a memory. It doesn't feel like you're making it up. Most of people... Most of the people who made these false repressed memories weren't doing it on purpose. They didn't think they were making up memories. Yeah, it's not a malicious thing. It's it's no. just a really easy mistake to make. It did ruin a lot of lives. Yeah. So it's important to keep them. Just don't do that. Just stop. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Yeah, just you know, treat your mind as a canvas you don't want to dig too deep into because all kinds of nonsense nightmares lay there. Yeah. I don't get the canvas thing. <laughs> But I don't either. That seems separate. But <laughs> yeah. okay, it's, we're mixing metaphors like paint. <laughs> there we go. Tied it together. Uh, so anyway, that is Plum Island and the Montauk Monster. Oh, that's everything I hoped for and more. Probably a good I, time to rewatch Stranger Things. Yeah, I knew you'd enjoy researching that. I did not expect yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, uh, the parts I, I knew. Either. The parts I knew was that. The popular logical consensus was that it was a raccoon. Yeah. And that Plum Island was nearby mm-hmm. and that it was a research facility and people were suspicious of it. Yes. That's basically what I remembered. Yeah. And of course, I had read some other theories, but I had not read the Montauk research yeah. theory. Which is its own. I mean, obviously, I don't put a lot of stock in it. But it's, it's super fun. Very interesting. It's super fun to entertain just just to mix and muddle with you know fact and fiction and just sort of uh, appreciate the full context of that. We don't have to just talk about the facts here. We can have a little funsies, <laughs> yeah, right? We could we can entertain the parts of us that want the unfeasible to be true. true. I think of I think of Mulder. He wants to believe, and so do I. Yeah. You know. You know. I'll be scully. 
I'll play devil's advocate. We actually make a pretty good Mulder and Scully. We do. We should do that for Halloween. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> I'll just have to drop a whole bunch of weight and put uh, on that David Duchovny haircut. Put on that haircut. Put on that You know, because at one time you scalped them and we just have it <laughs> preserved and we... Oh, God. <laughs> just plop it right on your head. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode comes with apologies to David Duchovny. I never meant to scalp you. <laughs> but it's a gorgeous head of hair. Whoever does mean to scalp someone anyway. Uh, there were people. Isn't it always an accident every single time? No. Really? You don't know enough about serial killers, <laughs> clearly. Is that, a, is that a big serial killer thing? Scalping I'm sure people? it was a serial killer thing. <laughs> there are all kinds of them out there. Mm. Anyway, Anyways. I'm really glad we mon talked about this. Oh my god, you so wanted to say I that. I wanted to say it. <laughs> I feel better. You feel like you feel like like a, like a weight has been lifted off you. I feel really good because I'm across a table from you, and you can't reach me to twist my head off of my gra- neck. I just want to twist your head for so making bad. that pun. I just want to twist your head. Um, I'll get you later. Nah, I know you will. I'll say something <laughs> worse five minutes from now. Anyways. It's been fun. It's been a good we've, episode. We've learned things. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been a little spooked. We went deep into the Cameron hole, as they always say. Who says that? Nobody ever says that. Who's, who's hole? The Camerons. The Cameron, the Cameron brothers. Oh. Right. <laughs> Don't ever say that. <laughs> or is it Doug? No, Duncan and Cameron. That's it. Yeah, there were two of them. Oh, boy. Oh, we're, really, we're really great at this. We're the best. Uh, okay, so well, th- thanks for listening or not listening. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week with another an Oh my god! With another episode <laughs> of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes. <laughs>